How many of y'all love coffee? Come on. I, I know. We got some coffee loving. We get a loud applause for that. Almost standing ovation for coffee. Come on. We all love coffee. I love the aroma. My wife might think I'm a little bit weird because, I mean, you get a fresh bag of beans. Come on. You know, you just kind of open that up and you go, honey, come on, smell that. That's heaven. Is that not, is that not heaven? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And, and she might not always like to drink it, but she can at least smell the heavenly beans and she likes it and 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 now some of y'all can drink your coffee black I, I I wish I could I so wish I could but I can't I'm actually I, I need a little bit of cream actually I'm an oat milk fan come on anybody else taking the oat milk I, I understand it sounds gross I get it first time it was introduced to me by Mac who's there sitting there today she was like you want some oat milk in it it's a little healthier and I'm like I'm always up for healthier but that sounds disgusting and she was like no you you're gonna like it it's protein based and I, I just thought it sounded more like somebody put heavy cream in oat milk uh, or oatmeal for a while let it like kind of sit there for a while extracted it back out and then threw it into my coffee and so I was a little grossed out by it, and I found I'm a fan. I get that it's highly unlikely that somebody can like milk an oat. I get it. I, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know how we get this magical substance, but I'm a fan. And every morning, I get my cup of coffee, little little bit of oat milk, and, and, and I'm happy. And so, but but we 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 like to we like to drink it out of our cups and. And it's just an amazing way to start the morning. But what if I told you this cup isn't as clean as it seems? Come on. We, the inside of this cup is not ready for consumption. But I did polish up the outside. Come on. I wanted to impress you with the logo. I wanted to impress you with the exterior. I wanted to get you excited, and, and listen, there's not, there's not that much in here. There's just a little leftover coffee, but it's dry now, and I, I think my wife, she's gotten into gardening later, uh, lately. I think she's got a little bit of pot and soil in here, and yeah, one of my daughters definitely used it to clean out rabbit poop, so there's just a little bit of crap in here. Just a little bit, but don't we all have just a little bit of crap inside? So it's okay. Who would like to consume this morning just the amazing drink from this cup, right? No, no one. And, 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 but, but this reminds me a little bit of my experience when I used to go to church a lot because um, I, I, I've always gone on Sundays and my parents made sure to make it a priority, but... Uh, the older I got, the more and more I was attracted to, I don't know, music and, and, and different things. And so I would go, but the musicians that often played, I, I've been playing music in bar rooms since I was 14 years old. For a long time, I wasn't following Jesus, but I was trying to be religious. I, on Sunday, I had, the, I had everything polished up. I was nice and clean for visual, uh, uh, my visual presentation. But I knew that on the inside, I looked a little bit more like this and, and and so I I could remember seeing that some of the musicians that were playing that I so eagerly was like yeah this will make church a little bit more exciting um, 
I was like, you were hitting on a woman who's not your wife last night. <laughs> you, were, you were inebriated last night. You were telling the most vile things last night. You, you, who you are today is not who I saw you as the last two days. And though you have a musical gift, I, I, I don't think things are as clean as it seems. We, we like to polish it up on a Sunday and make it look good, church ready. And I'll have to tell you, I got to be the same way too. And so in high school and in college, I started knowing how and when to polish up the exterior to impress certain people. But knowing on the inside it was growing a little bit more filthy, a little bit more dirty, a little bit darker, a little bit... Not ready for consumption, but don't we all know how to polish it up and button it up when we need to? Whether that be a Sunday or we start talking to mom and dad. Mom and dad, no, everything's fine. Come on, everything's going well in college. Come on. We all know how to polish up the outside. And it might not be a Lyft logo, it might be a Jesus logo or a Christian necklace or, 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 or even just the, the words good person. And we like to try to wear that on the exterior, knowing that on the inside, things are not as clean as it seems. I, I, I wrote it this way, where living this way projects an image of success, but inside it's full of stress, shame, and regrets. We all know how to project an image of success. But what about the inside and this uh, Matthew 23 Jesus once referred to the exact same situation in fact he said it this way as he was talking to some Christian leaders he said hypocrites he, he got he got very strong here and, and let's be honest um, uh, he, he says hypocrites we, we've all met a hypocrite before we, we know one before and none of us intends to be one but it says for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup. <sighs> Yet the inside of you is filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. No one wants to consume that. So first, wash the inside of the cup, and then the outside will become clean too. Jesus is making a very clear point. The inside is more important than the outside. The inside of you is more important than the outside of you. But we are really good at uh, spending extra time in our mirrors, polishing it up, putting on the right persona, cleaning it up, cleaning up the attitude, uh, uh, making sure we project an image of success, but all the while knowing that we got shame and regrets. And so Jesus is saying, listen, you need to quit worrying about the exterior before you deal with the interior. You're not as clean as you're making it seem. And so write this down. As long as our lives are lived outward in, we're living inside shame prisons. I'm going to say that again. As long as we're living outward in, we're living inside shame prisons. Because on the inside we know, I'm not what I'm projecting. I don't like some of the thoughts that I have. I don't like the conversations that have taken place. I don't like my attitude. I don't like my 
uh, my, I don't like my current relationship the way it's going down. I, my, my morality is not as polished as I'm making it look. And so a, a lot of us can feel this way. I felt this way because I felt at times that I was projecting that I, I was just as plastic as Barbie and Ken. I was just as deceiving as a magician. I was just as fake as the Walmart lady eyelash ends. Come on, y'all. <laughs> but I knew what I was projecting is not who I really was. I was polishing it up. I was making it look good. And I was trying to cover it up. And on the inside, I was dealing with shame, uh, regrets, and I was in a self-imposed prison that I just couldn't let out. And I just couldn't find release. Speaking of prison, it reminds me of a little joke I heard recently. Maybe you've heard this one before. But uh, three women were in a car, and, and they get into a fatal wreck. And instantly they go to heaven, and they meet, uh, they, they meet St. Peter at the pearly gates. And um, as they approach the gates, they just see there's ducks everywhere. I mean, the, the ground's covered with ducks. It's, it's so many ducks, it's impossible uh, to move anywhere without uh, messing with one of them. And the Apostle Peter says that, hey, there's just one rule here in heaven. Don't step on a duck. That's it. Don't step on a duck. And so uh, the first lady almost immediately who wants to explore, moves her feet, steps on a duck. And out of nowhere, an angel comes and brings the ugliest man that they have ever seen in their entire life. And they chain this girl to this ugly man. And they said, your punishment for stepping on a duck is forevermore, for all eternity, you will be changed to this hideous man. And so the other two ladies are like, let's just be careful we don't step on a duck. A little while goes by and the second lady for, uh, makes a mistake, step, uh, 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 stumbles and falls, steps on a duck. Same thing happens. An angel brings out an uglier man than the first one. How's it even possible? Chains her, uh, uh, him to her and says, that is your punishment. So the third lady, she's so careful. I mean, for months, just barely going anywhere, just making sure she doesn't step on a duck. She doesn't want an eternal sentence like that until finally an angel comes out of nowhere and just brings the most handsome, gorgeous man. I'm, I'm talking just strong, broad shoulders, ivory tower, and just begins to chain her up to him. And she says, oh, my goodness. And she says to the man, I don't, know what, I don't know about you, but I don't know what I did to be so lucky. And he said, I don't, I don't know about you. All I did was step on a duck. So. <laughs> All right, come on. I had to laugh when I got that one. Thank you, Mark. Come on. Listen, we like to laugh a little bit, but honestly, that's where a lot of us are. We, we feel chained to some sort of prison. Um, on the inside, there's something that we just feel like it has to break, and, 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 and we wish things could be a little bit different, but some people might see their current marriage as a prison. Like, I don't know how to get out of this thing, and, and I'm trying not to be another statistic in divorce, but I'm feeling 
like I'm in a prison season. Maybe your, um, your, your child custody situation feels like a prison and you, you, you just you want something to change there, but it just feels like you're shackled to something. Many might feel like your job has become a dead-end prison and you're just going through the motions or maybe you feel like your body is becoming a prison where it's falling apart, it's decaying, it's not moving like it used to be. You don't still have that jump shot today, but yet there's something decaying on you and it feels like a prison. And I wrote this down. A prison is any place you feel trapped and hopeless. And we get our cups out and we just begin to clean it to make it cleaner than it seems. You know, we're... We're fighting at home and we go in public and we're like, oh, we love each other. Come on, honey, hold my hand. Hold my hand. Hold my hand. <laughs> Come on. Or, or, or no, the situation's not as bad. Or, you know, we try to polish it up. We try to make it up. We try, to, we try to present it the best that we can. But on the inside, if I speak to the inside, we find on the inside we have these perceived prisons that we're dealing with. And so the big question that I want to address today, and I'm not going to be long-winded, but the big question that we have is how do we get out of our perceived prisons? What if I told you that Jesus makes a way where there wasn't previously a way and he offers a new hope that only in him we can bust out of our prisons? In fact, to help answer that big question today, for the next eight weeks, today we have just entered into a brand new series called The Chosen. And so, for those of you who are not familiar with The Chosen, The Chosen is a TV series. It's, it's, uh, I like to describe it as the most bingeable way to get acclimated with your Bible possible. Um, I, I have in my day seen bad uh, uh, Christian media. Some of you would argue with me, but I, I was... I, I came from the world of media, and there were some cheesy things before sometimes in, in Christian entertainment. I'm telling you, this is legit. And uh, they, they have three full seasons released, and um, it's really walking alongside of Jesus and what happened in the, the Bible, and including some things that could have happened in the Bible. I, I, I had many people, when it started releasing three years ago, ask me, Pastor, can we trust everything that's in the show? And so two years ago, we actually did a series where we walked through season one together. And it's one of our most popular series is today that I, I, I wanted to go through season three together. And so you can do that. You can walk along with us for the next eight weeks. We're just going to binge TV together for church, y'all. And so if you want some homework, go ahead and find the chosen. It's, it's on Netflix, it's on Peacock, it's on their own Chosen app. So if you just search the app store and search the Chosen, they didn't ask me to do it. This is just inspired by when I watched it, I was moved, and it's one of our most popular series. So today, I want to help answer the question, how do we get out of our internal prisons with the help of a clip from the Chosen? Let me set it up for a minute. For those of you who like to study deeper, I'm going to put some scriptures on the screen right here because the scene we're about to see does not uh, actually take place in our Bible. It could have. It's plausible because of some of these supporting scriptures. But that's not even really the point. So I encourage you to study this because some of the characters in it, you will see how this could have happened, but it's, it's not actually in our Bible. But 
the result is in all over our Bible in the Old Testament and the New. And so let me set it up. Jesus has just preached the most popular sermon in all of history. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. Recently, we talked about the Sermon on the Mount here in Lift Church. And now that he's just preaching, it would have been such a revolutionary, game-changing message that everybody is talking about and thinking about and wondering how it affects them. A, a, a rich lady, Joanna, who is married to an elite uh, a captain in the Roman office, uh, army and, and, and officer, she has gotten access in this scene for the disciple Andrew to go see John the Baptist, who's been placed into prison because he called out King Herod's sin. So watch this clip. Are you all right? What are you doing here? Who allowed this? No one. We should be quick. I'll be fine. Think of it this way, I've never got to sleep in a palace before. But what are you doing here? So worried. Praying for you every day. You've got a new rabbi now. The rabbi. Focus on him. And hopefully I'll be able to as well, soon enough. Did you talk to him? Yes. I told him everything you told me. Thank you, but that's not as important. What do you think of him? I don't know how to describe it. Like you were grateful for food and didn't realize you'd been starving? That works. <laughs> anything new? So much. Tell me what he said. No. no. Nothing that made sense. Everything backwards. Um, the, the poor, the grieving, the meek, all elevated. Blessed. Yes, and other things reversed. Love your enemies. Who can love your enemy? He can. What else? The bizarre imagery thing. Something about uh, pearls before pigs and logs in eyes. Yeah, salt, murder, rain, God. Feeding the birds, houses on sand. He's almost as strange as you, John. <laughs> oh, I wish I were so strange. How many people were there? Thousands. Thousands. Wonderful. Wonderful. What else? John, what can we do for you? How? How can I help? Help? You're helping me by what you're sharing. You know what I mean. Come here. Don't be afraid. The prophecies of Isaiah. He has been sent to proclaim liberty to the captives. And what? The opening of the prison to those who are bound. His prison is nothing now that he is here. Do you believe that? Andrew, in all that he said to those thousands of people, there was something just for you. For what you are going through, there always is. What was it? Something that stuck with you. 
don't be anxious. Can, can you add a single hour to your life by being anxious? That sounds like him. What else? But seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Even more like him. So if you want to help me, Andrew, if you want to help me, listen to him. Go home and do what he says. That's what I want. Joanna, get you out of here so you don't join me. Come on, that's a powerful scene, and it's, yeah, you can give it up if you'd like to celebrate what Jesus makes possible, because did you see John the Baptist's joy? He, he's behind bars, but he's full of bliss. He's the most hopeful person in the room. Uh, on the inside, he's completely free. In fact, I wrote it this way. He's in prison, but he's really not. And so many people are in prison internally, and it affects how they are externally. He's in prison externally, and yet he's completely free internally. And that's what I believe Jesus wants for every single one of us, that we can find vibrant life even in our perceived prisons. Most of the time, our theology turns into God wants me happy all of the time, and so I will chase happiness. But that's not the gospel that Jesus presents. Jesus presents the gospel that even in difficult situations, you can have life. Even in perceived prisons, you can be full of hope. Come on. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. He specializes in breaking his disciples out of prison cells, sometimes like Peter, completely out of the prison cells, sometimes like John the Baptist, out of the prison cell metaphorically. John the Baptist would not get out of prison once he was put in there, but he was oh so fulfilled in a way that many of us would long to be fulfilled. In fact, 2 Corinthians 4.16 describes it well. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are renewed day by day come on that'll speak to some of us because we want our external situations to change we want it to polish up we want to hide it and put makeup on it and and and, and make other people believe it's not as bad as it seems but on the, you can do the opposite that on the inside i am renewed day by day as a pastor, one of the things I do is visit many people in the hospital, and I can see even though people have a body that is wasting away, their spirit and their inside is more thriving day by day. In fact, I just did a memorial yesterday for a, a, a lifter, and about 
about uh, uh, two years ago, uh, uh, Dale, he, he was not living for Christ. He was, he was living for the world. He was doing his own thing. His own daughters told me that he was, he, he was far from God. And yet, he came down with a, a terminal uh, illness, a, a cancer sentence. And immediately, he asked for my wife. Uh, my wife and I, we said, we want to pray for him. Would he be open to that? And so we went to one of their baby showers, and at the end of a celebratory event, we stepped onto a side room with Dale, and we just began to call heaven down. And we believed, he will even tell you, he would have told you, God moved and touched me that day. From that point forward, his sentence and his body was ramping up in, in, in shutting down. Yet, God in his mercy hit a delay button, hit a pause button, and, and, and almost kept his situation the same and stagnant for another two years where he began to become a big Jesus lover. He would come to church. He would, he would talk about Jesus. He would have my wife and I pray for him every time we got into the room. Uh, about two months ago in June, I got a call. It's imminent. It's, it, we maybe only have hours. Can you please come? And on a Saturday, I jumped in my car and I drove over there and I got into that room with Dale and I asked his, his daughters and his family, I said, can I have the room for just a minute with me and Dale? And uh, they did and when they closed the door, I said, Dale, I just want to make sure, do you have anything you're carrying? That you, that you want to get off your chest right now or you need to repent of anything? He said, Pastor Drew, I've never been so ready to meet Jesus. And I said, I said, do you have any questions about what's happening next? He's like, no, sir. He said, but y'all are building the building over at Gander Mountain. How's the building coming out? I'm like, Dale, I am not here. <laughs> In your final hours to talk about a church building. And he said, that building's going to touch so many people's lives. I am so excited about what is happening over at Live Church. Would you tell me more? I'm like, if this is how you want to spend the time. <laughs> He's like, I can't wait to meet Jesus. And I had the bittersweet joy of leaving that room and looking at his family. I said, he's good. He might be in a decaying body, but he is free on the inside. He's more alive and thriving than ever before. And so many of us would wish that we could have that kind of assurance and peace on the inside. So though you may be in a dead-end job, you can have God show you a new purpose of reaching your fellow employees. Or though you might be in a dead-end marriage, you'll find new life starting to bud up as we're finding our groove again. Come on. Though, for me, I was in what I thought was a dead and dying religion where I really thought I was imprisoned when I'd go to church. Now I can't wait to get to church on Sunday. I'm telling y'all, one of my favorite compliments is people saying, Sunday's my favorite day of the week. But if you would have asked me growing up, I would have gone, oh, do we have to go? Now it's like, when do we get to go? Come on. When do we get to go? And here's the turning point, the game-changing moment that I'm praying for everybody in the room. And it happens when we Understand that Jesus is powerful and Jesus is personal. Until the day comes that you have a personal revelation that Jesus is powerful and Jesus is personal, we can continue to think, oh, he did it for all humanity. No, he did it for you. If it was just you, he'd take the cross again. 
And he didn't do it so that he could take the cross and go up to heaven and just be like, I'm waving at you from up here. He sent his spirit to be personal with you today. In other words, he doesn't want you to have a form of religion but deny its power. He wants you to have a relationship with him. It said like this, John 10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, destroy, put you in bars, get you in prisons, make you captivated and in bondage. But Jesus' purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. He does not guarantee that that means your body is going to always thrive. He does not guarantee that your marriage isn't going to go through hard times. He does not guarantee that your children won't walk away from faith. He does not guarantee these things, but what he does guarantee, oh, you will be thriving on the inside because you will never be without hope and you will never be without a powerful, more than able God to move mountains and you will never be alone. He is personal. And he died just for you. So today, don't make what Jesus did on the cross about a crowd, about an icon like a cross. I used to do that. It was a form of religion. It was, it, 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 honestly, it was one of my ways to kind of keep God at bay. Like, I'll take you a little bit here. I don't want you over here. Or, I'll try to be good, but I'm going to live for myself the rest of the time. But that put me in shame prisons. And, and I, I, in a crowd this size and the amount of people who are online, I have a strong suspicion that there are many who are in their own shame prisons. Guilt, condemnation, it's ramped up. And you, you look good today. Let me tell you, you look good. How's the inside look? And we can try to clean this all we want, but we're not very good at it because it doesn't last. But there's a song that you've heard sung before. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. If you will allow what he did on the cross to wash over you, you will find it a cleansing agent that you've been longing for your whole life. And so I just want to encourage you why not give Jesus a shot? You've given everything else a shot. I know I gave everything else a shot. I gave books and alcohol. And I, you know, maybe you, you've given substances and relationships and sex, all these other things a shot. You tried career and success. You've given it a shot. How's that working out? Why not give Jesus a shot? Why not go all in for just one year? Why not test him on his word? Why not see if he isn't able to do what he said he's able to do? Guys, if he said that I'll be put in a grave and I'll raise myself up after three days, I believe he can help raise you up too. I believe our stuff pales in the comparison of what he's already displayed. So why not give them a shot? Go all in. I'm asking you a one-year challenge. Why not just do everything that we ask of you at the church that comes out of this word? Pray when we pray. Come to church. Prioritize Sundays. Get your kids in children's ministry. Give. Uh, uh, um, serve. Get in a small group. Give it one year. Read your word. Give it one year and see if you don't look back at your old self and say, I don't recognize who that is anymore because I've gotten free. I've gotten free. Can't promise you externally 
anything's going to change, but I can promise you this, internally everything's going to change. In fact, the outward in principle is that we live in shame prisons. Here's the inside out principle I want to share with you. Though my situation hasn't changed, my situation has completely changed. You can find God working on the inside, who's the one who turns graves into gardens, bars into bliss. He's the one who resurrects and he calls back life where there previously was no life. He's a resurrector, he's a redeemer, and he wants a relationship with you today. Would you bow your head, close your eyes with me, search your own heart and soul right now, and I just want to spend a minute praying over you. Father, let your Holy Spirit search to and fro throughout the room, seeking a heart that's completely His. We thank you that we can do it with your strength, and you transform all things, that you are mighty, you are able, you are powerful, and you are personal. And if there's anyone in this room right now who says, come on, if he's searching to and fro, throughout this room, searching for a heart that's completely his. Mine has not been there. And I, I, I resonate with that shame prison. I, I, I know exactly what that looks like. I have powdered it up before. I have tried to polish it up before, but I'm, I'm concerned on how I'm angry on the inside. I'm concerned on how I, 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 I'm, I'm not full of hope on the inside. I'm concerned how I'm growing dark on the inside. If, the, if that's you in this place with no one looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not going to call you forward and I'm not going to embarrass you, but I don't want you to stay seated in your prison today. I want to give you a simple act of faith that can begin the deliverance of busting out of your prison. If you're here and you say, that's me, would you just quickly throw your hand in the air? And I believe a, an act of faith right now is going to release some strongholds on the inside. I see you. I see you. There's so many hands throughout the room. I'm so proud of you. If you're in here and you're like, I need to raise my hand. I need to give my life to God. I need to go all in. Anybody else, you can put your hand up and put it right back down. I saw a number of hands, and I want to tell you I'm so proud of you. And I want to lead you into a prayer. But listen, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, and you confess it with your mouth, you're going to be saved will be saved. It's a heavenly promise. And so today, I'm going to lead you in a prayer where I'm going to ask everybody in the room to repeat after me, but especially those who raise their hand, I cannot, I can help you say it with your mouth, I cannot make you believe it in your heart. Your act of faith today is what changes everything, and it starts from the inside out. Come on, church, pray with me. Say, Jesus give you my life I know I'm a sinner I've made so many mistakes and I'm so sorry I've hurt you I've hurt others I've even let myself down and I ask you today to forgive me Jesus I believe you're the son of God and when you died on that cross you died to set me free and so because of that act I get a fresh start today. I get a brand new start, and the old is gone, the new has come. I celebrate you, Jesus. You have become my Lord and my Savior. 
In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Can we celebrate?